Hey, hey, listen. The world's famous. The Cooper and Anthony Show. Let's listen in. I just want to go on record and give you a big old I told you so. That you told me so? Yeah. Okay. It's not like an I told you so. You know, usually an I told you so is more about like you did something stupid and I told you not to. Mm. This isn't really that. This is like early on, I told you about an actress named Julia Garner. I told you when I saw her in The Americans as Kimberly. And then I saw her again in Dirty John as the daughter. And she played two completely different characters. And I said, this girl's special. Like, there's something. She's a really, really unique actress. She's not like anything else I'd ever seen. Mm -hmm. And I told you that. I mean, think about how long ago The Americans was. Like, that was years ago. And I was like, this girl, Julia Garner, she's a thing. Well, right now, she's in two of the most watched and most popular Netflix shows. Do you know who she is, by any chance? I have no idea who she is. If you Google her. Does she look familiar? What's her name? Julia Garner. G-A-R-N-E-R. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope, I have no idea who she is. Does not look familiar to you? Nope, not at all. She plays Ruth Langmore in Ozark, and now she's starring in a new Netflix series called Inventing Anna, mm-hmm. where that is the number one show on Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. It's the one, uh, it's about that fake socialite who swindled millions in New York, like just fi- like five years ago. I think we even talked about it on the show when it was happening. It's one of those shows I saw, it, it was on, and I was gonna click on it, but it didn't look like my kind of show. I felt like I knew the whole story because I'd seen, you know, I'd heard the whole thing. I read the New York Magazine article that was all about it. Mm-hmm. And it was on the front page of like everything in New York at the time. So I was like, I know this story. What more could they possibly tell me? Um, it was Joe. It was my boyfriend who was like, we have to watch it. And he always has his finger on the pulse of that kind of stuff. So I was like, all right, fine. So we did. We watched it. And it was amazing. And I'll tell you about it in a second. But it's the number one show on Netflix right now. Look at him. Look at him picking that right out. Good job, Joe. Kind of a- yeah, kind of impressive. And then uh, look at me with my finger on the pulse of Julia Garner. I'm, this girl is so talented and she's so good in this role. Like she's really, she's so young and she's, I don't know where she gets all this um, worldliness from that she can just lose herself in a character like that. You feel like, you know, you it's, it's, you got to live a life for a lot longer before you can really become that many people, but not her, not her, whatever it is, she has it in spades. She's mm-hmm. amazing. So um, it's really interesting. So the story, in case you don't know it, is about this con artist woman. And I say woman, but really she was at the time 23, 24 when the whole thing got started. So some like 20-something-year-old who comes to New York and sells herself off as this German heiress that her father was – she told lots of different stories to lots of different people – um, of why her dad was like some oligarch and a billionaire. Mm-hmm. But she basically, she conned her way into New York society, which is very hard to do because it's they're very, very small circles. Most of the people in New York grew up together. They all know each other. You know, the only way you can work your way in is if you're royalty. You know, if you come in as somebody with a ton of money. Well, she was smart. I mean, she's a con artist. So she came in looking the role. She's not hot but she was attractive you know and she knew how to do herself up and she wore all the latest clothes and she dressed expensive like Mm -hmm. you looked at her and you thought like that woman has money 
and she just kind of weaseled her way into society. She got, um, she came with an idea for a foundation, and she got some of the biggest developers and architects and bankers in New York to agree to bankroll and fund her project. And she kept saying, well, um, my father is giving me a trust fund that's worth $60 million. And they're like, well, you only need 40 for this project you want to do. And she was like, great, I have 60. So every time they would go to vet her, she would say, oh, you have to speak to Peter Haneke. He's the person who controls my trust. So they would call Peter Haneke and he would say, oh, darling, hey, yes, what do you need? Oh, I'll wire you money, no problem. Where where to and when? I'm wiring it now. It'll be to you by tomorrow. So he was on the take also. There was no Peter Haneke. Right. It was, it was her. just a buddy, a buddy of hers. No, it was her oh, on, was- a voice cha- <laughs> on a voice-changing app. Nice. And she had several phones, and one of her phones was rerouted so that it had... Um, it came up as a as a European number, as a German number. Oh, that's brilliant. And she had yeah. the app and everything. Yeah. So, And she convinced all these billionaires to just give her money. And she would, like, uh, honey up to a billionaire and say, oh, we should go to Marrakesh. And they would say, great. And they would get there. And she'd be like, mm, oh, they're not letting me use my money because I'm in Marrakesh and it's German money. And it, it's a problem. So if you pay for this, I'll pay you back. Mm-hmm. I'm worth so $60 she ca- million, dollars, so I'll pay you back. Right, exactly. And so people kept giving her private planes and private jets, and she got invited to a Warren Buffett party in Omaha, Nebraska, at his compound. Um, she became friends with Macaulay Culkin, started hanging out with him. She became friends with Martin Scarelli, that piece of shit that was the farmer bro. Mm-hmm. Remember who bought, uh, the, who fucked up everything with the Wu-Tang Clan, and, and he... Uh, had those all those drugs that kids needed and he charged ridiculous amounts of money. He's in prison now. Mm-hmm. So that was like her best friend. You know, so she she honeyed up to all these pretty powerful pieces of shit that were out there. Not Macaulay Culkin, but like other people. And uh, and they, they all bought it. They all bought her bullshit. So Shonda Rhimes decided to take on this project. Shonda Rhimes, who did Scandal and... Um, Grey's Anatomy, I mean, very famous, like one of, one of the best storytellers of our time, uh, showrunner slash storyteller, writer, everything. So Shonda Rhimes did this for Netflix starring Julia Gardner, mm-hmm. and it's incredible. It's really good storytelling. There's a lot of amazing actors in it. There's The whole time you're watching, you're like, wait, I know that guy. Wait, I know that girl. Like you're going to recognize people from other shows and movies and stuff you've seen and there people from Scandal are in it and people from like shows that you watched years ago and people that are in stuff you're watching now and the guy the guy who's the lead in How I Met Your Father on Hulu is in it. Like it's like every two seconds you're like, wait, that guy, wait, I know that girl. Mm-hmm. It's the best thing on Netflix right now. It's very good storytelling. It's amazing acting and the story itself will really piss you off because- so much of it is true. Laverne Cox is in it. Laverne Cox plays the this like life coach guru trainer mm-hmm. who was part of who was also part of Anna's life. It's just it's so well done. It's it's a really really interesting story. So I just think it's funny that this Julia Gardner that you're talking about, she's been in 32 movies and TV shows, none that I've seen. So it's, How did you not see Ozark? You didn't watch any of Ozark. It's in it's no. it's in it's in its like thirtieth season. 
No, I did, there's no reason for that. I don't even know where that is. Netflix. It's like one of the best shows on Netflix. Okay. I did, there's so much to watch right now. It took me seven weeks to start watching Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. And where the hell was I? The, the great. This is the greatest show written right for me. And I didn't watch yeah, it for yeah. seven weeks. Yeah, that's right up your alley. And uh, the lead dude in it, John Cena, mm-hmm. I saw him on an interview a while back when he was promoting Peacemaker. And I was like, you know, I, I got no connection to John Cena whatsoever. I don't, he, whatever he does. I know he's very good and people love him and he seems like a really great guy, but the kind of stuff that he does is just not up my alley. So just like, you don't know Jennifer Garner. I don't know. Well, I know John Cena. I just don't know his work at all. So I hear him talking. Mario Lopez says to him, you know, you don't have children, yet you do all this stuff for children. So like, what's up with that? And he said, yeah, you can love children and not want to have any. Mm. And when I got together with my wife, I said, you know, I want to focus on my career. I want to focus on our relationship and I want to focus on our marriage. I don't think I want children. And she was like, yeah, I'm down with that. I don't want children either because I don't think that we would be great parents because we want to focus on all these other things and not focus on children. He's like, but that doesn't mean I don't love children. So he does a lot of events for children. He does a lot of like make-a-wish type stuff Mm -hmm. or events that are like for children's charities and all that kind of stuff. So he loves children. He just doesn't want any because he feels it would be irresponsible. And I was like, oh my God, I love this guy. The the, the way he articulated it was so like, for people like me and my boyfriend who are, you know, child-free by choice, he also was like, yeah, we knew we didn't want kids and it's not because we don't like them. We love kids. We do stuff with kids all the time. We just did, we just knew that we didn't want our own kids. And I was like, okay, I, I am on the John Cena train now. Yeah, he, what they did is they put superheroes, really stupidly hot chicks uh-huh. and hair metal into a TV show. Every <laughs> song that they play is a hair metal song. And I'm going, they wrote this for me. For you, yeah. Uh-huh. They said, who's the guy we're going to write? And they put a photo of me <laughs> up in the writing room and said, this is who we're going to write it for. But yet nobody told you to watch it. One day I said, eh, I'll watch it. And I fell in love with it within 10 minutes. And I'm like, what's so great about it? Is it as good as the boys? What's it, what's it about? Like, what's the concept? I just told you boobs superheroes <laughs> and hair metal <laughs> okay so and they don't do they just stand there looking hot as they play hair metal behind them they don't actually do anything there's no storyline not really i mean john cena okay. <laughs> is a superhero and his uh-huh. sidekick is an eagle named eagly it's a real eagle and it's just it's it's like baby yoda but it's an eagle so they have a Got little it. mascot but it's just a really good show with really stupid hot chicks. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, God. just crazy hot. So, yeah. And every song you're going, like, they bring they play the London Choir Boys in a scene where he sings the whole song. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows that band except me. <laughs> right, right. That's what I mean. So this show was literally made for you. And yet they didn't bother to send you an email and be like, Anthony, your show is ready. Many, many years ago when we were on the air, you said, there's a show coming out 
and it's going to be uh, on bikes, and it's kind of like the mafia, and it's got rock and roll, and it's perfect for you, and it's called Sons of Anarchy. And I said, I'm, I'm there. This is going to be my show. You should have did this with Peacemaker. You're right. It's my bad because I knew yeah. that it was superheroes and I knew, but I didn't know the hair metal. I didn't know the super hot chicks because I don't really, or stu- sorry, stupid hot chicks because I don't really think about women like that. Um, but yeah, I sh- probably should have mentioned to you that that might be up here. Alex, it reminded me of The Boys. I don't know how much you love The Boys. So, yeah, it's which is the stupidest name for a show ever. Even hotter chicks than The Boys. And there's one girl that I had to actually look up. Because I've never seen a body like this in my life. <laughs> it, she's kind of, she, I, I don't think she's from this world. I think she's just an alien because her body is just crazy. Is she a wrestler also like John Cena? No, she's, she's actually a, um, a stunt woman. Interesting. So she, she does all these stunts for all the, these huge movies that you know. But mm-hmm, when they look mm-hmm. for a, a girl to do a stunt, they call this girl up. But her body is just crazy. Just insane. And she's dressed like an 80s chick. Oh, get it. Yeah. <laughs> she got the big hair. She, oh, oh, come on. I'm And they're playing, you know, London choir boys in the background. I, 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 it's uncle. every fetish you've ever had like I, it's so funny like it ticks all of your boxes yeah how did you not know about that you should have some sort of a google alert for yourself just for for boobs hot chicks john cena and hair metal hair metal yeah, yeah. and even yeah. i'm mm-hmm. i mean i'm into eagles now i didn't even know i <laughs> now i want an eagle <laughs> screw dogs and cats i want an eagle now but yeah it's seven into it and I've missed it for seven weeks, and so now I don't even know how many episodes there are, but I know there's more coming up. It sounds like something I will really not like. You will hate it. Okay, just checking. <laughs> but it's just like, I will hate what's whatever that show you were just- Inventing Anna, yeah. Inventing mm-hmm. Anna, not for me. Not for you. Peacemaker, yeah, that's really true. Yeah. Not for not you. Not for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the beauty <laughs> of the, the, the world we live in now. I don't have to watch your shit. You don't have to watch my shit. But the shit can can live in the same world. You can just tell him from me that I'll never listen to his filthy program again. It's the Cooper and Anthony Show. Science. You ready for science? No. You don't want to do science? No, you know why? Because I'm not in school anymore, and my brain hurts from all those years of school. I, 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 wanna, I never want to think about science again. Science! No, didn't we get to play this song? Oh, okay, yeah, okay. All right, so because we, we get to play this old song in the 80s. What's going on with you lately with the 80s? I don't know. All your retro stuff. I, I, I don't know. So weird. All right, give me science. All right, science time. I found these cool science things that will make you say, I did not know that. Voyager 1, that space probe they sent to space, okay, has been in space for 40 years now. Okay. It's traveling at 30,000 miles an hour. And it's, What's it doing there? It, it's it's taking photos of planets and, and black holes and things. But okay. it's been up for 40 years, traveling 30,000 miles an hour, and has only gone 20 light hours away. Okay, so it's been up there for 40 years, so it's basically like clutter in the universe. Yeah. That's what it is. It's like it's like when I open my boyfriend's closet and I'm like, how long have you had these shoes? 
It's not even made it to Pluto yet. I mean, this thing's bawling at 30,000 miles an hour, and it's only 20 light hours away. So it's not that far away. So that's how big this universe is. And it took 40 years for it to get just that far. Right. So it's, just, oh, it's crazy. So how close is the Earth to the moon, really? You could fit all the planets in our solar system between the Earth and the moon. They would all fit. Well, that's because most of those planets are tiny. Well, we're talking Jupiter, Saturn. I mean, these are massive planets. No, they're really not massive planets. Mars, they're pretty small. They just have rings and stuff. I mean, Saturn yeah, Jupiter, has rings. But- Jupiter is pretty damn big. It's it's 5,000 times bigger than Earth. Yeah, Jupiter Yeah, Jupiter is pretty big. In fact, if you remember from um, all of us, a kid's still doing this where they have to make a diorama of all the planets. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> but you'd always make Jupiter huge and Saturn huge because they are. But I, I thought... The Earth and the Moon were a lot closer than that. I would make Uranus small because I like I like a little tiny. <sighs> but in your case, Uranus is huge. <laughs> 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 there are eight times as many atoms in a teaspoon of water than teaspoons in the Atlantic Ocean. Ooh, this is deep. This is some deep science. Yeah. Eight times as many atoms in one teaspoon of water than there are wow. teaspoons in the Atlantic Ocean. That's crazy. I wish I was thinking. stoned. I would enjoy this so much more if I was stoned. Oh, we need pot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> go get some gummies. <laughs> I'll wait. Dinosaurs hung out a long time. They were here a long time. They were around so long. There were mm-hmm. dinosaur fossils while they were still alive. Whoa! Yeah, so the, I didn't realize di- I didn't realize dinosaurs were around that long. They were around. See, that's why science <laughs> dinosaurs were along were around so long. There were other dinosaur fossils. So, so the T Rex found a fossil and went, "There's a fossil." Does it say how many years? I mean, is it like thousands of years, or hundreds of years? What is it? A couple of years. But the bad thing is, a T Rex couldn't use an iPad, so he couldn't look it up. Well, because he has those tiny little hands, that's why. Right, tiny little hands like this, see? Like yeah, okay. he couldn't masturbate, nothing. Those little hands <laughs> reach nothing. <laughs> that's why you had to use another animal. Come here and do this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, move up and down, up and down. Yeah, keep doing that. <laughs> I won't eat you. That's my promise to you is I won't eat you. <laughs> you help me with this and I'll let you live. When you dream, one portion of your brain creates the dream. The other portion of your brain reacts to it. Oh, that's interesting. Give me a little, go a little deeper in that. So what part of your, because, you know, I I do have a degree in psychology. I did learn, I studied um, brain stuff, (laughs) neuroscience. (laughs) I studied neuroscience. So just give me a little, it's kind of interesting. So what part of your, the amygdala, I'm guessing? The cortex Cerebral cortex. Very good. It sends signals and tries to interpret them like I'm running through the woods. Then spontaneous firing of neutrons in ponds, P-O-N-S. Yes, uh uh-huh. That's the ones that that react to it. Okay, react, got it. So one part of the brain and then the other. 
Cerebral cortex creates it and the pons react. Got it. Right. See, science. Science is interesting. More science. If you put every animal in the world in a bag. Okay. Why would you put? Okay. Never mind. Go ahead. Uh, if you could shrink every animal in the world. Okay. Like your name was Noah. So you could shrink <laughs> all the animals down that could fit into a Costco bag. Okay. And you stuck your hand in there. You would have a one in five chance of picking a beetle. That's how many beetles and different types of beetles there are. You know how I feel about the beetles. (laughs) I'm not into boy bands. I'm not into the beetles are not for me. (sighs) But you would have a one in five chance of picking a beetle if every animal was in that bag. You mean like Paul McCartney would be in there? That's how many beetles and insects there are in the world that you would pick that up. You would have a half ch- So every time you stuck your hand in the bag and pulled your hand out, it would be an insect. 50% of the time. I don't think so. Because I would always feel for something furry. No, because it's kind of like, you know that game on Price is Right where you, you put your hand in and you have to pull a number out and you pick a strike? Yes. You, you really couldn't tell what you're pulling out. So oh, oh, I see. Half Just the like chance that. You'd, okay. you'd pull out an insect. The other That's how many insects there are in the world. It's the prices right of animals. Got it. <laughs> right. So there. That Now you know. Science. Mercy. Someone's got a pretty high opinion of herself. It's the Cooper and Anthony show. It's study time. It's study time. Yeah, I, like to, I, like, study. I only like to tell you studies when it pertains to your life, if it's something that is interesting to you. You know okay. what I mean? Like a, yeah. Okay. So this is kind of interesting. They were looking at stress on a worldwide basis, and they want to know where the most stressed cities in the world were. And here's how they ranked them. They ranked them stressful based on factors like air pollution levels, green spaces, LGBTQ safety ratings, um, stuff like that. Like stuff that, um, let's see. And this is worldwide. This isn't just the U.S. Yeah, it's worldwide. But here's what's interesting. So the most stressed cities in the world, meaning the ones where people are under the most stress because their lives are either the least safe or the air quality is the least safe or there are not a lot of green spaces and not a lot of parks and places to go, like where you just don't feel like the the environment stresses you out. Like the Mm. world, you know, it's funny. It's like if you have a high stress job, but then you live somewhere where you feel safe and you can breathe fresh air and you don't feel like there's predators all around you. You can deal with a high stress job if your city is not a stressful place. So that's the concept here. Central Park to me was the most stress I've ever had in my life. Yes, that makes sense. And I'll explain that in a second. <laughs> so the three most stressed cities in the world. Number uh-huh. three is Karachi, Pakistan. Number two is Delhi, India, and number one is Cairo, Egypt. Okay, that's so this is worldwide. Then when you get to let me see, hang on. Why second. would Cairo? Cairo would be cool because they have they have like, you know, the Sphinx. Well, okay, so Cairo is one of the busiest cities on earth. It's the second largest in Africa. Um, it's also the second lowest in cleanliness of all the cities. Oh. Yes. 
Um, the LGBTQ plus safety rating is one of the lowest. Probably zero, right? Right, which means that you know if you're LGBTQ or plus, it is not a safe place for you. Mm. They have. But the upside is, like, despite all of that, Cairo has one of the lowest suicide rates in the world. So that's good. This is, that's an upside. But they are the most stressed city. You missed the perfect chance to ask me what country Cairo was in. I, there's no way I could have told you Africa. Okay, so Africa is a continent. Oh, I would okay, have so guessed somewhere else. What, okay, what country is Cairo in? What Cairo is the city. What's uh-huh. the country? Africa, you said that. No, Africa is the continent. West Africa, East Africa, um, e- Egypt. E- don't even Ma- try Egypt. Madagascar. No, no, e- Egypt. I just Egypt. told you. Egypt. Okay. Egypt is the country. Cairo is the city. Egypt is the country, and Africa is the continent. I, and I don't moving you. of the list of the top forty-nine, not even fifty. It's a weird number. The top forty-nine most stressed city in the world so they go by poverty cost of living um suicide rate cleanliness all that kind of stuff when you go down the list and you find the first united states city it's number 30 on the list so the upside is this city in the united states is the 30 most stressed in the world so that's you know it's not in the top 10 at least but it's new york is it really yeah new york is number 30 on the list of the most stressed cities in the world. So the United States, that makes New York number one. <laughs> We're number one. <laughs> See, like I said, you have the green space, which is Central Park. And I, mm-hmm. when I'm there, I don't feel not stressed. It's the most stressed. So interestingly enough, if you look at New York... So, of course, no surprise, our LGBTQ safety rating is one of the best, mm-hmm. like one of the highest, like it's one, of, it's one of the safest cities if you're LGBTQ or plus, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> it's like, it's that, <laughs> and then our suicide rate is high, the monthly cost of living per person is high, the cleanliness of the city is low, the poverty is high. <laughs> So all the so it's funny like the only thing we have going for us is the LGBTQ plus safety rating the it's like the highest in the world but everything else is really bad and really low which makes us the what? most stressed Air city in the country wouldn't be the worst. Um, yes, it's actually our air quality right now is worse than Los Angeles because Los Angeles is number thirty four <laughs> on the list. Well, because they started cracking down on car emissions and things like that. New York never did. They'll let anybody drive a car in any car. As long as it rolls, it will drive. Right. That's true. Um, And the other, the only other United States city on this list is Philadelphia, number 44. I would have said New Orleans. No, because if you think about it, so, you know, you're looking at monthly cost of living. It's not, it's, you can live very nicely in New Orleans. For the amount of money that you're making, if you make the same amount of money in New Orleans as you do in New York, you can live very nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, New Orleans is much cleaner than New York. The poverty is high, and the LGBTQ plus safety rating is, is a little bit lower, but um, they have less suicides. It's cleaner. It's the cost of living. So the things that make people stressed out mm-hmm. are, are just not there for New Orleans. And they don't have subway rat, pizza rat. 
They don't have pizza rat. <laughs> you got to look up pizza rat. If you don't know what a pizza rat is, a pizza rat was dragging a huge pizza pizza down in the subway. Mm-hmm. That's the most New York thing you'll ever see in your life. Ever. You want to yeah, yeah. see everything about New York? Pizza rat. Look it up. The least stressed states in the U.S. Number three is Washington, D.C. Number two least is Vermont. Stressed? How is that possible? Least stressed. Yeah. Um, because of all the things that I just told you about. The least stressed. Number three, Washington. Number two, Vermont. And number one is Delaware. Hmm. So state wise. Let's see where you're. So you're in South Carolina. You're number 22. Um, New York. This is so least stress. That means New York must be down mm-hmm. on the bottom. Like somewhere. South Dakota should be one. They got no stress. Yeah. It's number 10. <laughs> yeah. North Dakota, South Dakota. It's got to be one of those square states. That's number one. South Carolina number 22 because you guys score really low in the LGBTQ plus. Oh, safety. yeah. No. The, Un- unsafe. Not that safe. There. Yeah, yeah. No. It's not the yeah. place to be. That girl wants to have some fun. It's the Cooper and Anthony show. Let's see if you have habits like everybody else. I don't think you okay. have. I don't think you have that many habits. I don't know that many habits that that you have. But we'll 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 try them and try to be truthful with these okay well what's a habit like what do you consider a habit okay uh do you bite your nails no never rarely sometimes all the time i think when i was a kid i did but no never never, never. i never bite my nails yeah 40 percent of people said never so you're, you're right in there popping your joints Oh, I do that all day long. <laughs> you do it all. I'm doing it right now. <laughs> I'm literally doing it right now with my thumb while I'm talking to you. Yeah, that's number one. Uh, avoid eye contact. Oh, I'm the opposite. I go right for the eye contact. I'm confrontational. I want to look you right in the eye and tell you what I think of you. Really? I, I will say sometimes. I don't want to look people in the eye because I don't want them to talk to me. Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah. If I look at them in the eye, then they're going to try to come up with some stupid. That's how, how was your weekend comes into play because you looked them in the eye or what are you going to do this weekend? I don't want to talk to you. So just just keep your head down. Eating more food when your stomach tells you to stop. We're Americans. We all do that. (laughs) Just because you got to get rid of it. It's on the plate. You don't want to throw it away. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, who stops? Who stops eating? Show me that person. Yeah, uh, all the time, 32%. (laughs) Yeah, please, of course. (laughs) Never was the lowest. It's at 6%. Yes, because this is America. (laughs) We eat everything and all of it. We screw that. Screw that little voice. Tells me to stop eating. You don't know. My stomach is a lot louder I'm, than my I'm brain. I'm no quitter. <laughs> Bouncing your leg. Bouncing my leg? You mean like shaking your leg, yeah. like restless leg syndrome? No, I don't do that. My son does it all the time. Drives me crazy. We'll be at the movies and he does it. Ugh. Just, is it because he's anxious and wants to get the fuck out of there or because he's like, what is it? I don't know. I, he's always done it. So, yeah, 38% of people said sometimes. 35% of people said all the time. Wow. Well, how about the never? Who said never? 10%. I'm in the never. You're in the never. 
I don't think I've ever done it in my life. Really? I think I've yeah, done well, I, it. Yeah. I mean, just you're waiting. Come on, come on, come on. I, I would do it when you were in the grocery store and I was like, come on, come on, come on, come on. That's when I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> hurry up, yeah, hurry you up, do hurry up, hurry up. makes you wait like two seconds if you're like, sit down. Oh, oh come on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. Wake up early on the weekends, even though you don't have to. That's a loaded one because I used to do morning radio. So I used to get up at three o'clock in the morning for work. So on the weekends, I'd sleep in till seven. I wake up at 9.30 every single morning, regardless. Like, I don't care what day of the week it is. 9.30, my eyes pop right open. Sometimes wins this, 35%. 27% of people said all the time. Mm, okay. Yeah, I do not wake up early on the weekends. That's me, 4%. No, if I can sleep till 1 o'clock on the weekends, it's bonus for me. How do you keep sleeping? How do you just keep sleeping? Because I, I got to catch up on my sleep because I don't sleep during the week. Oh. So okay. Saturday morning, I got to sleep. All right. I understand then. Looking down when you walk. I never noticed. Well, I think I probably do do that because I live in New York. I'm always looking for money. <laughs> no, you have this move to where your head is down and you're just straight ahead. And your little legs are just going. Yeah, like a little wind-up toy. Right. Yeah, and you don't. You don't. You just barrel right through people. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, looking down, I guess I do do that. Yeah, because you're like, I don't want to look at anybody. Go 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 move 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 move. Right, and you don't care. You want people to move away from you. Yeah, yeah. Whistling. Oh god. I don't even, I can't whistle. I've tried. That's about all I yeah. do. That's, I love how those people put their fingers in their mouth and, and can do that loud. They go, woo, woo. Oh, yeah, they're amazing. How do they do that? I can, I've never been able to whistle in my life. I can't whistle like regular, like I can't do that. And I can't do the, I can't do that one either. Yeah, some people can just do the tongue thing and make it really loud. I don't know who those people are, how they do it, but they're amazing. Yeah, so all the time, sometimes, rarely, and I don't know how to whistle. (laughs) There you go. Me, I don't know how to whistle. Yeah, 19% of people said, uh, I don't know how. But is whistling a habit? I mean, you don't whistle as a habit. You either can whistle or you don't. Like, why would that be a habit? Oh, there are people that do it all the time. So you you walk past them at the Costco and they're whistling. Stop it. Stop it. Cooper, there are people in the world that are, what do they call it? Happy. Oh, <laughs> that's why they're whistling, because they're yeah. happy. We, we don't know any happy people. <laughs> yeah, some people are actually happy with their life. <laughs> okay, that so explains they why they're whistling. Okay. Yeah, and we look at them like they have seven heads. Who, who whistles? <laughs> happy people. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've never been that happy to where I got a whistle. This is so you, I'm going to say all the time without even asking you, but this is, is you it? not doing a load of laundry until you don't have any clothes left to wear. All day long. <laughs> all That's me all day long. Time. If I can somehow never do laundry, if I can get like a Kleenex box of, of socks and just keep pulling them out and using socks and never having to do laundry, that would be my dream life. Yeah. I When I wash clothes, you know I don't have any underwear the next yeah. day. And I've actually gone 
to the store to buy more underwear because I didn't want to wash clothes. Same. Me too. That's one thing you and I have in common. I've gone shopping just to not do laundry. I w- even though laundry would only cost me like five bucks, I'll go spend $20 on something to just not go spend $5. And we <laughs> should wash that new clothes, but we don't because we're too lazy. That's right. Zoning out. You never do that. No, I don't have a zone out button. No, I'm going to say no. I'm, o- I'm always on. I'm always on. I'm always up. I'm always awake. I'm always around. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you never just sit there, stare at the wall and zone out. No, my brain doesn't work like that. In fact, like I'm in the shower. I was just thinking, I was thinking this morning, I was in the shower and I was like, people like to zone out in the shower. I'm busy. I'm working. I'm looking at stuff. I'm like, oh, that's, I didn't clean there very well. You know what? While my conditioner's going, I'm going to go get some spray and I'm going to clean. So I was like, cleaning in the shower while, while my conditioner was shower. working yeah i was busy i was busy <laughs> 52, i don't zone out 52 <laughs> percent of people said they do it all the time only two percent no. said never and that's you that's me see what is this sounds like something i heard before it's the cooper and anthony show so i'm at my mom's place right now no in oh. real life in the real world. Uh oh. I'm at my, my my mom's place. Right now? No. Right now I'm here in the studio with you. <laughs> I meant, you know, I'm telling you a story. I'm oh, okay. about to I'm tell sorry. you a story. But you said I'm at my mom's place. No, so I, I was How starting the story. Hi. Is that guy who sings songs there? <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> I'm just I'm starting a story. I'm, I'm telling you something. You've oh, okay. never no one's ever done that, you know. So the other day I was. Well, you didn't say the other day. You said I'm at my mom's house. Doesn't matter. <laughs> you let me finish. <laughs> I didn't want the audience to get confused. Yeah, we thought you were having a spell again. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to reel you back in here. No, right. I'm here in the studio. Oh, okay. And, yeah, this just is making all... sure. You know, it's so funny. I like what sometimes we're doing the show and I get an email from somebody saying, gee, uh, are you guys off tonight? Where are you? <laughs> and I write back and say, here in the studio. And they say, I feel like I've heard this show before. <laughs> this all sounds very familiar. <laughs> this isn't a rerun. I'm like, no, no, it's us doing the same old crap, I guess. <laughs> so, so I'm at my mom's house. Right now? No. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> She's going to get the giggles. <laughs> yeah, you're going to give me the giggles. That's not good. Tell her I said hi. No, I you got to stop doing this to me. I haven't slept. Cause I'm gonna, you're going to make her pee. You're going to make me pee. I'm going to be like chair. Chad's dog. You go to Chad's house? You, if you go to Chad's house, you have to greet his dog outside because the minute you walk in, the dog pees. That's just nice for the new floor. <laughs> no, no. So what you do is he'll say to you, can you come to the backyard? If I'm coming over. What time can you come to the backyard? Why? Because the dog needs to will pee if they see you. <laughs> or you can just walk in. and But see, the second you see him, you have to go run to him. If you just go in there and then he sees you and then he gets used to you, then he won't. No, I can't. I, I run in and I go in, Kirby! That makes him excited <laughs> like a fire hose. Like it's, and it's funny because I'm excited to see him I pee. Yeah. So we're both peeing. There I am, Kirby! And he's like, you! And he doesn't know my name. And I have to clean them both up. Right. Oh! <laughs> well, that's why when okay. I come over, I have to greet Chad's dog outside in the backyard. It's more for me than it is for the dog. You're at your mom's house. I'm at right now? <laughs> Am I? I feel like I'm in the studio. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm at my mom's house, and she is in the kitchen making some lunch. Like she does, you know, and usually she's the person who goes out to a place and buys prepared food, puts it on a plate, and claims it as her own. Here, I've made you a sandwich. 
no, no, Subway <laughs> made the sandwich. She's a you queen put, of catering in. You put it on a plate. Yeah. yeah. But she always likes to claim it. And she's the person who will have little dinner parties and get-togethers and do that same thing. Go to some gourmet place with great little foods and put I them on a plate. veal parmesan. I, yeah, I've been cooking all day. Right. Or they'll say, you have to give me the recipe. And she'll be like, oh, yeah, before you go, remind you, me to get, get it for you. Phone number is 800. <laughs> <laughs> Order in. Yeah. So she comes out of the kitchen, and she's holding this sandwich that I haven't seen since I was, like, 10. I don't know what made her get it for me. Probably had mold on it. No, it's not the exact same sandwich. That's an antique sandwich, man. <laughs> From the 50s. Anthony, are you okay tonight? <laughs> I'm just going by what you said. You said, uh, she, Chad, did she not say I brought? she brought out a sandwich you're, I haven't seen you're being since very, I was a kid? You're being literal tonight. <laughs> no, well, it's not the exact sandwich. It's a, it's a new version. And it is a new version because when I was a kid, it was always on Wonder Bread. There was always Wonder Bread at my house. Now right. it's on whole wheat. You got to have the fiber, you know. What's wrong with them? So here's the, here's the sandwich, and I'd forgotten about it. And she thought that because, you know, it's getting cold. It's, you know, wherever we are, wherever you are in the country, it's cold. And cold weather, she thought maybe some comfort food would be nice to have for lunch together. Here's the sandwich. Whole wheat bread, tuna fish with way too much mayonnaise, mm-hmm. sliced green olives, and potato chips. On, on the, the sandwich. sandwich. Not potato chips, on the sandwich. On the sandwich. Oh. Not on the side, on the sandwich with the green olives. What kind of potato chips? Hold on, I'm losing them. Clear. <laughs> <laughs> Just plain potato chips, or are they some sort of like... The ridges. Okay. She likes the one with the ridges. All right. And you know, Plain flavor, they're not like barbecue. Did she crunch them in? Did she... Plain flavor, no. She puts them there, she lets you crunch them yourself. Oh. It's part of the whole enjoyment of it. It's almost like that plastic bubble stuff that you pop. Tuna fish? So you get green to like cr- crunch it yourself. And chips. Tuna fish, wheat. green olives. Yeah. But it used to be on, on, on Wonder Bread. And, and I you think ate it's... that regularly as a kid? Regularly. That explains a lot. And I think if she was going old school, she should have really actually gotten the Wonder Bread if she wanted to make it a, a moment for me. Right. You know, don't update it with fiber. That's a Lawrence family special, right? It's there. a Lawrence family special. It's one of those sandwiches that only our family understands. And and she would say, should I make you a tuna? And I knew that, it, you know, I knew exactly what the tuna I was getting. There was never any, it wasn't, there was no question, what would you like on your sandwich? Do you want the tuna? And if you got the tuna, that's what came on your tuna. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what's the strange so and wonderful dish that you make exclusively for your family that only your family knows about? 877-6-COOPER. So like when your little friends would come over and, and mom would crack out the tuna, what would they think? They wouldn't eat it. You know, she learned her lesson very quickly that sometimes they would sometimes they would eat it. Look, you know, other kids are just happy to yeah, be eating. Yeah, it doesn't sound too bad. Depends how young we are. Because they knew afterwards, you know, they got like a Twinkie or a Devil Dog or something like that right. as a snack. So they were happy. If I ate my sandwich, you know. My stepfather would make, remember uh, when uh, macaroni and cheese was the powder macaroni and cheese, the real macaroni and cheese. Yeah. He used to make that macaroni and cheese and cut up hot dogs. And put it, mix it in with the macaroni and cheese. Ew. And that would be but our you whole loved dinner. It. Oh yeah. When when you're ten years old, the macaroni and cheese and the hot dog on top all mixed in was good. But now I can't even fathom that. And did you crave it? Like do, as an adult, do you crave it? I think at one at one point in my life I probably did, but I don't think I do I do now. Um but yeah, he used to make it all the time for us. I and think that's you- the only thing he can make. 
And did you know that macaroni and cheese came any other way? Like when you went to someone's house and there's macaroni and cheese, were you like, where yeah, are the where's hot the hot dogs? What's wrong with this? Do you, do you have hot dogs? Can you put hot dogs in here? Because that's <laughs> that's no, 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 that's how I'm used to eating it. <laughs> it's good that way. Now, Jesse, what's a strange and wonderful dish that you make exclusively for your family and nobody else understands it? Well, uh, just like say I'm first time caller. Hey, oh, thank you, love Jesse. your guys' show. Thank you. And uh, my grandpa, when I was a little kid, he uh, would make me a ham sandwich. Well, actually, now that I think about it, I think it was bologna. And uh, <laughs> he would put mustard and saltine crackers on it. Wow. <laughs> and a cracker inside the sandwich. Yes, a cracker inside the sandwich. And that was a delicacy around our house. Right. You went over, you went over to Grandpa's and you got a saltine bologna mustard sandwich. And it was a special thing that everyone knew. That's 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 the grandpa. Yep, grandpa'd say you want a saltine sandwich, and we'd be like, "Sure thing, grandpa," and <laughs> he'd fix us one right up. Would you make sure. Would you make one for yourself now? Um, I don't think so because they they made them for me all the time when I was a little kid, and I I, I kind of got sick of them. And uh, <laughs> they always put way too much mustard on it, and basically all you could taste was mustard and crackers. <laughs> oh no! It, and it doesn't taste good if it's not made by grandpa. Right. Well, Grandpa made it. It was awesome. But <laughs> nobody else could fuse the flavors like Grandpa. <laughs> That's so funny. Wow. He was ahead of his time thank as far you, as the Jesse. culinary thing. Thank you, Jesse, and thank you for calling. I like, it's very sweet. That was very sweet of him. Hi, Mia. Hi. Now, Mia, did you did your family have some bizarre food that was just sort of like your family's thing and nobody else really understood it? Yes, I was just I was yelling into the radio before I got I got your phone number because we do the same thing with tuna fish. <laughs> no way! We did. You know what? I feel like calling my mom and tell her to make me one now. <laughs> it's, the, it's the tuna on the white bread with the green olives mm-hmm. and the potato chips. <gasps> we don't use the richest; we use the other kind. But it is delicious. Where are you from originally? I am originally from Argentina, and I moved to Jersey, and now I live in North Carolina. And when were these sandwiches made made for you? When you were in Jersey? Uh, yes, when I was in Jersey. I wonder if it's a tri-state area thing, because I was, that's what, I, no, really, because that's when I was living up there, too. I wonder if it was like a local thing that I didn't realize was going on in other houses. But it's delicious, especially <laughs> when you bite into it and the, and the potato chips just like crack and, oh my gosh, I want one now. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was almost like the potato chips like was were part of the game. It was almost like food that you could somehow play with. I don't know. There was yes, something, yeah. definitely, definitely. <laughs> I'm going to go home and... I'm going to have her mate you one. I love it, Mia. Oh, that's so cool. Thank, thank you for not letting me think I'm crazy. I just realized this topic is absolutely upsetting Chad. Uh, all I could hear is Chad in the corner on the phone going, going uh, Cooper Lawrence Show. Uh, 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 Cooper Lawrence Show. Oh. <laughs> I mean, this is mixing to the nth degree. Everything that everybody eats on this is mixing. Well, most people eat stuff that are mixing, but this is really This is there. gross mixing. Okay, so the question we're asking is, what's the strange and wonderful dish that you make exclusively at your house that really is sort of like a family thing? It's your family thing, and nobody else does it. 877-6-COOPER. Hey, Anne-Marie. Hi, Cooper. How are you? I'm good. Good. I tell you, um, I was telling the person when I called, I had to laugh because growing up, same tuna sandwich, except still pickles instead of olives. Oh, see, a little variation there. But the same sort of salty, briny kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's oh, true. It great. Loved it. <laughs> well, 
Well, my kids like is when I make for parties or something that spinach, cold spinach dip that has mm. the vegetable soup mixed in it and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They have it on the white bread sandwich. Ooh. Oh, wow. They put it on a sandwich? Ooh. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Ooh. But that's they like, your, but that's like your family thing. It reminds them of being at home. That's weird. And even now to this day, they're, you know, in early 20s and teens that they know I'm making spinach dip. <gasps> Will you make extra? Will we get sandwiches? <laughs> These people are odd. Now, have either, have either <laughs> one of them ever, have, have either one of them brought home a, um, a new significant other? Do yeah. what? Have either one of them brought home? Um, they actually um, haven't brought him home yet because I think they're still test driving him. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I want to know about the moment. I can't wait until they bring them home for the first time and they have you make that sandwich for the new significant uh, other. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mom, make one of those sandwiches. Right. <laughs> Lisa hasn't had one yet. Right. <laughs> You'll love it. Trust well, me, it's now great. My son, now, my son has brought home his girlfriend, and she knows some of the weird things that he likes to eat, but that hasn't been one of them yet. So, that, yeah, maybe I should just suggest it. Yeah, I think it's a good test of the relationship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Anne Marie. Thank you, Anne Marie. Yeah, if she can, if if he if she likes that, I think I think it's a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, Stacy. Hey, Cooper. How are you doing? I'm good. Now you know what we're talking about here, right? I do, and I have to tell you, I'm from um, Pennsylvania. I'm from Philly, and I've never heard of the tuna. Oh, oh see, I wonder. I, well, that's, I so that's interesting. Your, I, I have to blow your. Your tri-state area theory. I'm sorry, oh. and and I love how it's referred to as the tuna. When you want to make the tuna. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Do you want the tuna? The tuna. Like it's a threat. It, it is. Well, my, my our thing is is it's not weird, but it is. Um, my mother used to make something. <laughs> my mother used to make something called a Frankberg, which was. <laughs> It was a hamburger in the shape of a hot dog. And we would put it on a hot dog bun. And it was <laughs> <laughs> You know, to see her rolling the meat, you know what I mean? She shoots it like a hot dog. <laughs> and she, she tied, the fact that it has a name, the Frankberg. The Frankberg, right, we... I can understand doing that if you're out of hamburger buns. All you had was hot dog buns, but to do it specifically, that's a little odd. It was like, well, Lonnie, I guess it came about because Lonnie has to have um, hot dogs only in a hot dog bun. Mm, like, of course. A hamburger in a, in a hot dog bun. Okay. And <laughs> did, it, did it taste different? Chad, would you eat Thank that? Thank you, Stacey. I suppose, because it's just, I could handle that, yeah. See, that's okay. what I mean, so it, that, that's, that's in your wheelhouse, but it's not, it's kind of, well, no, it's it's a hot dog and a hamburger at the same time, but it's really a hamburger. Yeah, it's really a hamburger, so that's fine, because, yeah. like, one time I went to a restaurant that they, they didn't, it was a Mexican restaurant, and they, I you know, they, they have, like, one American thing, and they had a hamburger on the menu, mm-hmm. but they served it on Wonder Bread. <laughs> <laughs> Two slices of Wonder Bread. Of course. And you mm. ate it right up. I did. Of course. <laughs> so, yeah, so if I could eat that, I could eat it in a hot dog. Right. Bun.
Now, we all have these weird foods that are like, it's a thing at your house with your family. It's almost like a family secret. The food is so, oh, strange yet wonderful. Um, Mary, you have something like that, too, at your house, right? Yes. <laughs> My uh, grandfather used to make breakfast for me whenever I would stay at their house, and mm-hmm. it would always be ravioli on toast. And I was in high school before I realized that was not a breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> he made ravioli on toast? Yes. How on earth did he decide toast. those two things should be together? For breakfast. I have no idea. He was in the Navy. Maybe he was there. Wow. That's like one of those things that if you're stranded on a desert island and you're like, we have no food. Wait, I found ravioli. <laughs> and, and bread. We can have ravioli on toast. It was. I used to go out and, and tell my father to buy me ravioli so I would have breakfast food. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love that you didn't know it wasn't breakfast food. Yeah. Oh, the other kids are having pancakes and you're having ravioli on toast. What's wrong with those kids? What's all that syrup? Oh, and by the way, I still do potato chips on my sandwich. You do? Yes. And what, on, what kind, on any sandwich? Yeah. Um, just, I, I didn't have the pickle, I mean the... Uh, olives on the tuna fish or anything but just a regular meat sand, you know regular mm-hmm. lunch pretty good okay so i'm not so crazy right mm-hmm. go home thank and you, make Mary. a frank burger thank you go home and have le frank burger <laughs> that's <laughs> le frank burg le frank burg le frank burg wow like, like like it's somebody coming over mm-hmm. who's coming over Ma? oh le frank burg will be here <laughs> mackenzie Hey. Now, you know what we're talking about here, that people have wacky things that are just sort of like, a, it's like a family tradition almost. Yeah, I think I actually now listening to other people, if they think those foods are weird, I have way more than one. Oh. But the one that I brought up that totally grossed Chris out was um, my dad has always made for me, um, it's white bread, crunchy peanut butter, and mayonnaise. Sandwich. Oh. 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 I know, everybody totally gets grossed out every time I mention it, but they're delicious. Did he not like you? He does. He likes me very much. He even puts up with me being a 23-year-old college student living at home again. <laughs> so, yeah, I think so. If that had been the beginning of the torture, it's just going well. I, oh, wow. I wonder if he discovered, that's the kind of thing that a guy discovers as a bachelor. Thank you, Mackenzie. It's like you discover it as a bachelor, you know? After you've had like 17 beers. Right, and you're like, oh, it's delicious. I can't wait till I have kids one day to feed it to them. <laughs>